Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. A robbery attempt at an intersection in Hoke County ends with a man killed and three people in custody. What was it with that traffic backup on Interstate 95 on Thursday? We'll tell you, it's amazing. And a mom is arrested after one daughter dies from starvation, another almost dies. It's heartbreaking. These stories and more on episode 14 of Crime Time for Friday, May 4th on FayObserver.com, featuring fabled Observer Police and Crime Reporter Nancy McCleary. I'm Sonny Jones. On the podcast, we'll look at issues involving crime, courts, and public safety, highlighting stories in the news. And a reminder, anyone we discuss who has been charged with a crime is presumed innocent until found guilty in a court of law. Let's get started. It was about 4 a.m. on Sunday, April 29th. Jessica Chavis, her husband Richard Locklear, and their two-year-old son were on their way home from a party in southern Hoke County. When their vehicle stopped for a stop sign, two men got out of the vehicle stopped directly behind, walked to the passenger side, demanded money and jewelry. Okay, man. Okay. Yes, sir. Our car has been shot up. Three people in a, in a two-year-old been shot up over at Balfour Road. Shannon see at the, um, at the stop sign. Somebody shot up our truck. And there's three people. And I bet my husband's been killed. I got a two-year-old baby. I'm ready for help. And I can't get nobody up at this house. I've been shot. Please, we're, we're, my husband's been shot. And I've been shot. My baby's been shot. That was Jessica Chavis calling 911. The robbery had turned into a homicide. Richard Locklear was dead. Nancy McCleary is here to give us more details about the case and what she has learned from Hope County Sheriff Hubert Peterkin. Three Red Springs men are charged with first-degree murder in the death of Richard Locklear. They are Leroy's Traquan McLean, 24, Sharon Kendrick Leach, 22, and James Franklin Quick, 26. Quick fled to Richmond, Virginia after the shooting where he he has family there. And after learning what happened, a family member notified Richmond authorities and they arrested Quick. Mr. Quick is also a suspect in a shooting that happened in Red Springs late Saturday. No one was injured, but a house and two vehicles were riddled with bullets, Red Red Springs police said. Yeah, it's easy for you to say, but that that audio, that 911 audio is just chilling. I mean, this was just seconds after this uh, shots had been fired into this uh, woman's vehicle, and, and her husband was either already dead or, or about to die. And listening to that, you can hear the panic in her voice. Well, you know, if you were traveling north on Interstate 95 in Harnett County on the afternoon of Thursday, May 3rd, well, you most likely got into a traffic jam. We've all been there. An accident on an interstate, you know it, that can result in traffic tie-ups that can make the most saintly of us speak uh, inappropriately. 
However, what happened about 4.20 p.m. on I-95 between mile markers 73 and 75 is stunning. Nancy, you got to tell us about this one. Well, it's quite a story, um, to say the very least. Um, it began when Raymond Lee Bryant, Jr., 44, who lives in Roseboro, um, was driving on Interstate 95, and as I understand it, he had a wreck with his pickup truck, and at that point, he got out of his pickup truck and decided he was going to take an 18-wheeler that was there. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and Mr. Bryant, when he got out of his his pickup truck, he was um, armed with two shotguns, and he went to a tractor-trailer um, that was owned by a Tennessee-based company, and he fired into the cab, narrowly missing the driver and a passenger, and they bailed on the other side. Um and at that point, he tried to he tried to back up the truck. Bear in mind, he has not been trained, I don't think, because he caused it to jackknife across both northbound lanes, and that was the end of the traffic flow for, <laughs> for a few a hours. Long time yes, on the, it yes, it was. Um, and after that, he jumped out of that tractor trailer and he approached a. Um, a Dodge Ram pickup truck that was pulling a small little trailer behind it. Um, he pointed the gun at the two occupants, and apparently the driver of that vehicle grabbed the barrel of the gun. Oh, wow. um, oh yeah, he's pretty lucky. Um, but Mr. Bryant is supposed to have told him he just wanted the truck, and he got the truck, and he took off going north on I-95. Obviously, he was in front of the traffic jam. But he drove all the way up into Nash County, and that was where he was finally apprehended. And uh, along the way, he had the highway patrol involved. He had police officers from Selma and Kenley and personnel from the Nash County Sheriff's Office. Um, It was a 70-mile chase uh, that he led these people on. Um, Very high speed or just kind of interstate speed? I don't don't have that particular uh, piece of information. Uh, when they did stop, when he finally did stop, they um, they found Mr. Bryant was in possession of about 11 ounces of weed, marijuana, uh, having a value of about $1,650. Um, and at that point, he was taken into custody, and he was initially taken to the Nash County Detention Center. Well, late uh, Friday afternoon, Friday, April May 4th. Oh, God. May I'm 4th. in the wrong month. Yeah, that's right. May 4th. May the 4th be with you. Um, oh, wow. Well done. Thank you. Um, Mr. Bryant was charged by federal authorities with carjacking and brandishing a firearm um, in the commission of the carjacking um, crime. And as I, that's a very interesting thing because um, the U.S. Eastern District Attorney mr higdon had said they are going to go hard on people who are committing crimes violent crimes and with guns and so apparently he's doing what he said he would do he has you know he was on the a part of our podcast last week and we discussed that in several cases that have come to light through his office 
went to trial very quickly and uh, the people were found guilty. We'll see what happens right. in this case. It's, it's just, do I, they have any idea about, I mean, why would you jump out of the car and or the wrecked car and try to take a truck and, and all that? They have any idea of I don't, reasoning I, or that, that they have released? I, I don't think so, but I would like to mention one thing um, that part of the it was an hours long backup um oh, yes. and they were detouring traffic around but i spoke with major jeff huber of the harnett county sheriff's office this afternoon and he said part part of what caused the delay was that they had to process that was a crime scene oh, and yeah. they had to process okay. it and that meant not disturbing anything until it had all been checked out and forensics had been done so that was a large part of the delay but that's something that can't be rushed as major huber said Uh, it can't be rushed but if you were the one of the people in the northbound lane (laughs) yeah don't want to hear it yeah don't want to hear it yeah that is the uh, that that is the worst of the worst i am glad nobody was seriously injured or anything like that i'm sure it put quite the fright in those folks uh, except for the man i guess that grabbed the gun um, <laughs> yeah I, I guess he he felt okay i guess he did well that 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 was an amazing stunning story our next story nancy is just heartbreaking i mean a fayetteville woman has been accused of starving to death one of her mentally handicapped and disabled daughters and nearly doing the same to a second daughter um, this this is a story that, as you said, is heartbreaking. Um, Bertha Brewington Melvin, age 68, of the 1600 block of Flintshire Road here in Fayetteville, is accused of starving her 22-year-old um, mentally incapacitated uh, daughter to death. Um, this began on February 2nd when, I don't know what the circumstances were, but um, they responded to a report of an unresponsive person at Melvin's home. That was when they found Tial Lachelle Melvin, age 22, dead. An autopsy um, revealed that the cause of death was starvation and also hypothermia. Um, Ms. Melvin, who had the mental capacity of a six-year-old, she she. They estimated her weight at 50 pounds, Hmm. and she had not been provided with food or medical care. Miss Miss Melvin adopted this child when she was 16 months old. So I I don't know. um, I don't know if this was a lifelong thing. Um, I don't know. But while the police and EMS people were at the residence on February 2nd, they found the second daughter, who's 28-year-old Edna Melvin, and she was hiding under blankets, and she, too, was emaciated. Um, her heart rate was extremely sl- slow at the time, and her temperature was 78-point-something some, degrees. Wow. But that's a lot below uh, yeah. 98.6. She was taken to Cape Fear Valley Medical Center and stayed for 10 days and she's now in the custody of the department of social services um she too was adopted um and she was 15 months when she was adopted and she's 28 now 
So, uh, Ms. Ms. Melvin. Bertha Melvin. Bertha Melvin, that's correct. Um, Bertha Melvin is in jail. One count of first-degree murder, two counts of abuse and neglect of a disabled or elder person. Just a a, a heartbreaking story. Again, we'll reiterate, people are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law, but just hearing the details is just uh, just, mm, tough to listen to. It It really really is. It's going to be interesting to follow that case through the courts and, and see what happens. Well, our next case on Crime Time, you know, nothing like an afternoon of playing basketball with some friends, an opportunity to get some exercise, have a little friendly competition. However, a pickup game on the outdoor courts across from the Spring Lake Police Department appears to have led to a shooting. Indeed, it did, according to Spring Lake Police Chief Troy McDuffie. He said warrants have been issued and that this particular time they are still looking for 24 year old terrence isaac blackwell of spring lake he's charged with attempted first degree murder and assault with a deadly weapon with intent to kill inflicting serious injury which is also known as the alphabet charge there you go so what exactly happened i mean we're talking about i'm guessing a a pickup game out there the the outdoor courts in, in spring lake what what what's the deal well, according to Chief McDuffie, the shooting happened about 6.15 p.m. Thursday. These, this was on the basketball courts on Ruth Street, on the 300 block of Ruth Street, and right across the street from the police station and town hall. And the fire department, I believe, is still there, um, which is mind-boggling. <laughs> but apparently, um, Mr. Uh, the victim... Julian Saron McCormick, Mr. McCormick and Mr. Blackwell apparently had some sort of dispute during the basketball game, and that was when Mr. Blackwell allegedly pulled out a gun and shot uh, Mr. Saron. The bullet hit him in the arm, and his injuries do not appear to be life-threatening. At that point, Mr. Blackwell got in a car driven by his girlfriend, Ashante Bellamy McNeil, um, and she is now charged with accessory after the fact to for attempted first-degree murder for driving Mr. Blackwell away from the scene. And Spring Lake police say Blackwell, who they, they are still searching for as this podcast is being recorded, should be considered armed and dangerous. Anyone with information on Blackwell's location should call police at 436-0350 or, as we always say, Crime Stoppers at 483 483- tips 4838477 well nancy time for the crime blotter where we just go through uh, several different cases updating in the community from the blotter an update from our lead story last week david glenn perry has been charged with attempted robbery with a dangerous weapon and conspiracy he and noah lee rousey are accused of trying to rob the five-star bp on cedar creek road on april 25th During the robbery, the store clerk fired at the men, hitting Perry twice. He had been in the hospital for treatment, and upon his release, he was charged with the uh, attempted robbery. A Moore County deputy was fired after being arrested on a misdemeanor offense. The Moore County Sheriff's Office says Tevin Martinez Cadell was charged with assault on a female. Uh, Cadell had been with the Sheriff's Office for about a year. 
Pembroke teenager Taja Elliott has been charged with first-degree murder in the shooting death of 18-year-old Karan Howard of Rayford. Elliott had been identified as a person of interest. Howard was found with a gunshot wound inside his vehicle at the intersection of Cliffdale and Riley Roads in Fayetteville on the night of April 8th. Police gave no motive for the shooting. Mother's Day is coming up right around the corner, um, which that's goes hand in hand with our next few stories um barbara ann locklear and her son Devonte devon locklear were arrested after a search of their spring lake residence turned up one and a half pounds of marijuana when cumberland county sheriff's deputies entered the home on buzz's drive the locklears were in the living room where lawmen found six bags of marijuana a further search um found 37 bags of marijuana in Devontae Locklear's bedroom and another 27 bags in his mother's bedroom. There you go. Well, a Fayetteville woman is dead. Another is in jail after a stabbing at the entrance to College Lakes Park off Rose Hill Road. Jamisha Sparrow is charged with second-degree murder in the death of Amanda Rollins. Police have not said what caused the altercation. However, the women did know each other. One add to that brief um, incident, I have been told by police that the altercation was over a man. Okay. Just saying. Um, again, on keeping with the Mother's Day, a Fayetteville teen who was accused of breaking into a neighbor's home and stealing 14 guns and other property property has now been charged with another break-in oh, wow. and he and his mother and i actually do not have her name right in front of me but he and his mother is all they are both charged with second degree burglary in this incident um they are accused of stealing some property and then taking it to pawn shops and collecting money for it which is known as fraud um they were charged um earlier in this week the week of may the first and there you go Mm. well what can you say i say that's it (laughs) for episode 14 of crime time for friday may the 4th hope you enjoyed it and hope you'll tune in each week also join jacqueline shambaugh and me for the 910 preps podcast it's posted monday nights we talk about high school sports in Cumberland County and the Cape Fear region. Those seasons are indeed winding down. You know, we welcome your comments and suggestions for Crime Time. You can reach me, Nancy McCleary, by email at nmccleary, that's M-C-C-L-E-A-R-Y, at fayobserver.com or on Twitter at F-O underscore McCleary. And you can reach me, Sonny Jones, by email at sjones at fayobserver.com or on Twitter at F-O Sonny Jones. Again, thanks so much for listening. Thank you, Nancy, for your time, and I hope you will tune in next time for the next edition of Crime Time. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.